Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. the episode on time yeah I, I guess you could say like that man said like there's a lot of stuff we you know introduce this subject of time um and because it's just such a you know a vast topic we kind of have a loose understanding of what we want to talk about today which a lot of it's going to be kind of fortifying what we brought up last week but we kind of have a loose angle because we know we have we've kind of just dedicated like you know as many weeks as it takes to talk about time but we're not going to Really make it linear because time isn't linear. Did it? Nice. <laughs> we should just keep that. I don't, I don't think we need to even say anything else. Um, awesome, man. Well, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. I'm excited. Um, welcome to the Know Thyself podcast. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. Can't wait to talk to you, man. I'm Eduardo, for those who don't know. And um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into episode three of the second season episode four of the second season is it four yeah, yeah there was an intro episode and then I there am. was the yep yep then yep. we had time and then we had the first line of genesis yeah the first line of genesis <laughs> so we on number four number four is it just man when we have time fun time just flies it does fly and that's awesome that you say that because you know um we we're gonna do this episode as a continuation of episode two was was time right kind of like the bi-weekly approach right and then last week if you didn't listen we started on genesis and genesis particularly because you know in regards to time in the beginning and creation so here we're going to go ahead and and sort of do a little more uh further uh conversing i suppose on time and where it's going to lead us to in regards to um information that we've read about in regards to Hinduism, in regards to um, our idea of our understanding of time and what it really is um, and how we perceive it, uh, more importantly, how we perceive it. And I think that's been like the most oh, like eye-opening uh, experience for me is regarding like space-time and um, numerology, because right. then you kind of start understanding sort of... Um, you know, what's really happening as far as a vibration that expands. And I like that earlier before we started recording, you were saying, you know, the, the principles and the um, esoteric fundamentals that we've talked about in the first season are a great way for us to fortify like our inner, um, I guess, like, like foundation, the maybe? foundation yeah. of where we, what, what, what hold you hold as your hardest, highest regards to like how you as a human individually um, are part of a greater uh, purpose. And those fundamentals or those um, principles have helped all of us, at least me, uh, I can't speak for everyone, just have a, a solid ground. And now that we go into time and we go into space, we can kind of like break that down from the idea of where it lies in a linear sense and then just sort of expand from there. And I think that once we start opening these doors, you'll start being able to attach them to different philosophies. Daniel and I have been doing some research on Robert Lawler and like the idea of time from his perspective and like what he's written and what he's explained within regards to time and, and what, you know, um, what the world has known of time before um, those damn Aryans came and changed it all at some point in time. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's kind of a, and that's what we're going to kind of look at today. Um, you know, and even like the perspective on, you know, um, like the Targaryens, you know, mm -hmm. there's even like a yes. the different perspective on the Aryans, like whether, this was a evasive thing or if this was actually like a welcomed collaboration thing. And that's also kind of a, something we're going to kind of get into really approaching history with the idea of, you know, we can see how history in the modern day when the history of yesterday is kind of getting manipulated. So what this kind of whole approach to, as we are looking at time, it's also going to push our parameters of history. Right. Right. And so that's kind of what this time conversation is going to be. So time works a little bit differently. You were bringing up the esoteric principles and we've talked about how 
learning these principles in the first season fortified at our foundation, right? So we can kind of approach conversations like this. So what time is going to do is time's going to be almost a different kind of exercise. If that is strength training, learning the principles, this is going to be more of like your yoga um, and almost like a weighted or vinyasa yoga of like a lot of movement. So what this is going to be doing in your idea of your internal consciousness is really stretching the barriers of your consciousness and kind of like we were using the reference of like a balloon with no air in it and how you can kind of push the sides of that, right? Um, or even if you're taking this information and use the reference point of like filling the balloon up and like stretching the outsides of it. Right. Um, and you can actually kind of break through. And so that's what time is and approaching this, this understanding of time. So we've kind of just allocated a couple weeks to kind of talk about the subject and we're going to talk about it as much as we have information to bring up about it. But the idea really being is, is, um, we really don't have a linear approach to this discussion because the whole discussion of time is that time is not so much linear, it's more cyclical. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to be kind of looking at. So in this discussion of time, we're going to really look at, again, time being as a formative, active principle in creation, almost the idea of time being the mind of God, which is much different than how we kind of view it in this postmodern society we're in now that kind of sees time as just this terminal between the past, the present, and the future, mm -hmm. right? They don't really have this, they don't really see time as this formative, almost like Fibonacci-esque aspect of the blueprints of creation are enclosed within time right right and so we're going to kind of see these cycles so we're going to kind of take start taking a look at these bigger cycles um but through this we're going to see that time is not linear um and we're going to see that again that time is more of a turning and that's what these yugas are it's a spinning and it's this aspect of coming back to where we were and these these various cycles we're going to see and we're going to kind of talk about you know the cycles and tied to the bigger cycles which are the ages and how all those ages kind of add up to one giant cycle. And there's a bigger cycle beyond that. Um, so it really kind of just shows, you know, it's like those Russian stacking dolls that get smaller and smaller and bigger and bigger as you kind of, um, you know, push them out. And that's what we're going to be kind of looking at. But Which I wanted to add, I love that you just said that, that uh, like the definition for those who just uh, heard him say yuga is, uh, you know, a yuga can be defined in, in several different ways depending on what your resources are. But I like that you said the turnaround. Because that's really what it is. It's like the the, the actual turnaround mm -hmm. of, of of what we're going to be discussing and how there how how time relates to that. How it's just a, a cycle that goes back around on itself, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, go on, man. Yeah, I just no. really like that point you just made. So yeah, so what we're dealing with with these this yugic system and the yuga system, and so how the yugas kind of work out, and we're kind of just we want to take a deeper look at them, um, specific of the specifics of the yugas um, in, in further episodes. But how it's kind of broken up is each yuga is six thousand and forty eight years, mm -hmm. and so how it works is there's four ages, and each age has a different varying amount of yugas. So the first age is the golden age. Um, that's kind of, we were talking about last week, that's like the infancy to childhood. Mm -hmm. It would represent the season of spring. Um, and that's going to be four yugas long. So it's 24,192 years. And that's the longest system. And then it's just going to kind of make its way down from four to three to two to one. So the next phase, obviously, being the Silver Age, this is going to be like your youth and your fertility. This represents the, the season of summer. And the three yugas are going to add up to 18,144 years. And then it's going to go down to two, which is the Bronze Age. Um, that's 12,096 years. Bronze is going to represent autumn, going to be more of like adulthood and manifestation. And then that last stage is just one yuga long, and that's the Winter and or the Iron Age, um, and that's going to represent kind of death and decay, and that's 6,048 years long. Um, so this whole system is a, is a collection of 60,480 years, um, which is almost three um, completions of the procession of the equinoxes. So it's, it's again, there's cycles within cycles. Um, but in this 60,480 years, what we're going to be seeing is the manifestation of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the evolution of consciousness. So with that being said, in these different ages, human consciousness that is connected to the creative consciousness is going to 
experience different desires, to experience different perspectives, even from thought from being equational to um, analytical, from the idea of being um, even like relational thinking to equational thinking. The use of certain kind of metals, the use of certain kind of technologies, the aspect of developing farming, the aspect of developing cities, all this stuff is going to kind of develop through these ages. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really what it is, is it's this expression of consciousness going through all the different parts of the play and making sure all those aspects are making themselves apparent. And so why this is important to us is we're studying time as this kind of the spiral growth of life, but this gives us really good indication and understanding of where we find ourselves on this calendar because we find ourselves at the end of this calendar. Right. That's um, why this is the, the, the study of it is the age of, of humankind because, I mean, that's all we've ever talked about on this podcast is, you know, who we are and how to align ourselves with that truth that makes us what we are and why we are the way we are. And these, these four stages and the ages that each of them um, hold a part of our consciousness in do a really good job of showing us the decisions we make the, the consuming we've created, the destruction that follows, and then the rebirth right. soon after. Right, um, right. Which is what I really, really, really find fascinating when it comes to um, Hinduism and the way they, they describe these these stages. Um, but yeah. And and again, in the, so this is where the like history really kind of starts coming kind of question, right? So these different ages, they're going to bring these different thoughts and experiences out of the mind of consciousness to be experienced by... Uh, individuals, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're going to be kind of approaching is with the esoteric history, esoteric history does very critically look at, you know, the idea that history gets manipulated by the victors. And so we're really going to be kind of approaching this idea that, you know, in the past, we've had maybe resources and technologies that have been forgotten. You know, we understand that spiritual information has very much kind of gone into a dormant status in this age, and that's kind of part of the Kali Yuga, which we find ourselves in. Um, but there's always, they kind of knew in the past that we were going to be like technologically advanced at this time, but they saw us as like almost like spiritually infantile in this iron age mm-hmm. that we find ourselves in. Um, and that's really what we're going to kind of start approaching is, you know, history as we know it, you really kind of start to question the whole, the whole narrative, um, the Dravidians, their keeping of this time, um, and how like history has almost gotten adjusted to it. Like this is, this yugic system is the reason why we switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. Right. Um, and again, all this came from after the Renaissance. So after we went into the Renaissance, after we were in um, that area fighting for Jerusalem, there was all this information that was like reconnected to, and this yuga system was part of it. And that's kind of why we went back to the Gregorian calendar, because it aligns more closely mm-hmm. to this yugic system. But even, you know, there's a lot of information even about the Aryans coming out that these um, Tartarians weren't actually aggressive individuals. There's a lot of individuals that are saying that this Druidic, I mean, this Druidian information might have been in connection with Druids. So either the Druidians taught the Druids this or the Druids taught the Druidians this. Um, And that's where we're going to kind of start seeing this Aryan kind of expansion, Um, which is very important because we don't study the term Aryan as a rich spiritual term anymore because that was obviously destroyed with the third reich right because they destroyed that they destroyed the symbol of the swastika they tainted a lot of this information um but arian for the longest time that is a deeply spiritual word um it didn't have anything to do with nationality or people it was the connection to really really deep information you know um and we're going to kind of see again you, you know in history right now it's it, we're kind of like breaking down into like a modern race war. So you're going to see a lot of history kind of pitting different racial groups against each other. But again, if you study the Kali Yuga, this is supposed to happen. We're supposed to be divided and conquered at this time because this is this is the time period we find ourselves in. Because we don't just find ourselves in this stage of the Kali Yuga. We find ourselves in the twilight stage. And that's very important too. When you break up these these Yugas, there's, a, there's the Yuga, mm-hmm. but there's also a Dawn. In a twilight. 
So you have the beginning of the age, and as it kind of makes that transformation into the middle of the age, and then you have that twilight, and you kind of go through those progressions. So we're actually in the twilight of the Kali Yuga. Um, and the calendar count and the years of the Yuga system are very much debated, and you can kind of see variances. Um, this piece of literature that we were looking at, though, marks the beginning of the twilight of the Kali Yuga as 1938 and 1939, which is the start of World War II. And you right. have that whole Third Reich, you have, you know, and then after you start looking at like seven years later and you start to start seeing these things, you have the creation of the United Nations. And there's like all these big, big, large things that what we kind of have perceived as evil um is actually what we're kind of starting to see is that these are just individuals that understand the cycle. And it's not so much that evil is more powerful, it's they're riding, they're riding the wave of consciousness because we are entering the stage that consciousness is starting to breathe back in. Right. And Callie the mother, who's kind of the dark mother in all fairy tales, is starting to come and collect her creation. And that is what we find ourselves in. Um, and it's very important to be aware of that because it's going to give you balance and patience. And it's going to give you really strong fortitude to maintain your spiritual sight. Right. I mean, the last thing you want to do is lose the spiritual sight that you have acquired based on the tragedy that is coming inevitably and the tragedy itself basically distracting you from just continuing to stay on that spiritual path. Right. That's and why I like that you, you mentioned the seven, the number seven, and we'll, we'll get into the number seven probably uh, later. I don't want to like get too ahead of myself, but I love that, that you're saying that because it's not so much evil. And I think that's a great piece of advice to give everyone is that it does create patience because you realize like this is part of the cycle. And those who are manipulating the cycle right now are manipulated because they have an understanding of it the same way that you have an understanding of like consciousness and time and space and where they all kind of coincide together and what this twilight and this dawn is um and and where we find ourselves within consciousness because this twilight really just like the rise of consciousness is that 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 peak that we're at right now is that what you're saying like so yeah this so this twilight um again there's probably going to be some like again in this this twilight phase it's not like it's going to end within our lifetimes like right. i think it goes to like 24 42 or something right so it's it's way past our life expectancy of when this twilight's supposed to actually start making the dawn of the golden age right, right. um so we're just going to see the destruction of morality we're going to see the destruction of virtue it's all going to be about turning that internal light on right so that's all these individuals are doing is there it's not that evil is more powerful it looks like evil is more powerful in this age we're in it we perceive it as easier to manifest but it's just balancing it out from the golden age when love and truth was what manifested so easily right so everything has to be balanced out and that's what we're kind of seeing so these these individuals that are making these moves happen it's not again that they're so powerful it's just they're writing the the wave they're kind of riding the, the the wave of destruction i mean they're adding they're kind of putting their own energy and putting large groups of energy yeah. onto that wave yeah. right and they're all about the destruction so and one, not and not giving enough information on it like the of course they're not educating us on the kali yugas exactly right? like, i mean even with uh, the evolution of the human being oh you know what i mean like right. like if we understood us as divided into quarters of our life if we had to you know live and be fortunate enough to live that long you still don't even talk about you know what stage you are in life whether it's at age seven or then 14 and then what comes next these are imperative times where you should understand like the power you hold when your reproductive system is actually ready to go, but yet right. it's completely dismissed. And we, so that's their way of kind of adding their own little ingredient sure. to like, oh, this is something that's inevitably going to happen within your cycle of a human, which is at this age range between, you know, this and that. This is what you're experiencing. But let us like aid you in the most incorrect way possible to take on these dramas. Right. This drama of life. Of life at this fa at this stage and not letting you evolve or have complete control or awareness of the power you hold. So instead right. you just have a bag of hormones just like all over the place at age 14. But if you were to give them more of a purpose of these principles that we actually just talked about in the beginning of the podcast that we did in this first season, you would have a more well-structured and well-rounded individual. So I feel like you're absolutely right there. It's not so much that it's just evil. It's just a reconstruct of the way they wanted to, I don't know if they want to speed up the process of Kali Yuga uh, that will take place within Kali being the Kronos or like taking over, you know, uh, and, and devouring and then starting over. 
it is kind of weird, but it does give you a lot of faith that you're like, oh, okay, like this is the process. And it's it's going to take some some understanding over the course of probably many episodes of like what we're just talking about amongst right. ourselves you and I, but I feel like other people out there probably understand what we're saying. Yeah. And I think it's, and again, man, they, um, they, they just want control. And I think they're, they feel like they're going to out, you know, do the pattern. Um, but it's impossible. So everything will kind of catch up to them. But what we really kind of want to talk about there is they're just being magicians. Right. Yeah. And that's, and we have the same power because again, true magician, the true magic, it's, when you start really start thinking about time, true magic is taking advantage of time. Okay. So not only the present moment, but it's formative aspects. So understanding where we are in time is so important. And that's why we're discussing this now. Right. Um, so again, like you're going to want to use a lot of your en- energy at this time, use your time, use your true magic. And what are you going to formulate and formulate kind of format out of yourself is going to be this like raising of this internal light. And creating this balance and this peace and this understanding that, you know, they lied to us about the rites of passage of our own individual selves. Mm-hmm. And they're lying to us too about the rites of passage as humanity as a whole over this 60,000 period, 60,000 period cycle, right? All of this is kind of being kept from us, um, especially in the age we find ourselves in, because we're in the end of this Kali Yuga. And it's, everything is kind of, again, it's kind of getting pulled back in. Um, but having that, that will to kind of perceive this, um, it's going to, this is actually going to be a blessing because everything is going to begin to crumble when it comes to like society as we've kind of know it, um, like again, moral virtue, we're seeing this kind of get destroyed in media. We're seeing this, you know, there's really an absence of any kind of higher thought in education and politics, we probably are going to expect a little bit more of this as we start to continue through this cycle. Um, so this is, again, this is such an important time for self-study. This is such an important time for, you know, pure individuality, like individuality in an age of the Kali Yuga is so important because like in a golden age, you're all kind of connected in that consciousness and you're raising consciousness almost as this whole, group because there's like no land ownership it's just Mm -hmm. like it's more of just like infancy to childhood it's just potential um so you don't really need to fight fear you don't need to really fight you know um scarcity and things like that um and even though most of our scarcity is imposed today that's what they're drowning us with like this is why they're pumping fear this is why control is getting so much push this is why so many people were able to look forward to this dystopian time, right? Not only from the, you know, the the writers in the 1940s, but also all the way back to the Egyptians, right? So this is, again, this isn't just a Hindu philosophy. This isn't just a Hindu idea. The Mayans spoke about this um, and the Egyptians in Asclepius, mm-hmm. right? The Hermetica. You can read Asclepius talk about this. That's Thoth talking to Asclepius and he's talking about, you know, there's going to be a time and he uses Egypt as the metaphor, he says that there's going to be a time that, you know, everybody's going to forsake the the Godhead mm-hmm. and they're going to move away from this and they're going to get more materialistic. They're going to get more animalistic and they're going to try to, you know, just limit science to being able to just explain the five senses and nothing really approach anything further than that. Um, and we were just going to kind of have this decline and then there's going to be this reawaking and this reemergence, right, of the, of the soul. Um, so this is something that is again it crosses cultural boundaries it's it's a part of our perennial philosophy it's something when you start kind of explaining it to people it's more of a remembrance of it's it's not that um it's not so much of a difficult feat to really think about that we maybe you know it's not this linear evolution from the stone age to where we are there might be more to our history there might be some stuff we don't know Right, whether it's past civilizations, whether it's and that's kind of how it kind of breaks down in the esoteric cult society. They kind of believe either in like distant past civilizations that have fallen, like Atlantis and Lemora and all those aspects, um, and so they believe that there was very advanced civilizations back then, and then they kind of fall, and that was through the cycle. And then you're going to have another group of individuals. It's maybe 
maybe it's about the same size now. Um, and they're going to base esoteric information on what you would call the interference theory. And that's the idea of like extraterrestrials coming down and kind of intersplicing with humans and um, kind of more of like a, a more than like sci-fi kind of movie approach or the other one's more of like your fantasy movie approach. And then there's theories that combine both of them in the middle and you don't have to adopt any of those theories, but it's this idea of time not being so much of a linear aspect. And you can kind of, there's great information out there about interference theory. There's great from um, information about um, past civilization theory out there. Like for past civilization, I would say like Mark's Mark, Michael Cesarian has some really, really great stuff on um, ancient civilizations, as well as all the people who, um, you know, have, I mean, Manly P. Hall did a lot of stuff on Atlantis as well. Of course, yeah. Plato. Um, and then like interference theory, that's more of like your Mark Passio. That's like something that like David Icke probably would approach mm -hmm. um, and that kind of aspect. But then um, you have a lot of individuals who dedicate to just like smaller uh, periods that describe what we're talking about right now. Like I know Graham Hancock gets really yeah. caught up in, in, in a lot of um, what the, the pranas are, the pranas and, and like what the, the information that's out there and what's been written about past civilizations before mm -hmm. us um, is something that he really devotes himself to, um, which is fascinating, but nobody really gets too much into the, go, wait, go ahead. What are you going to say? No, we, I'm, I'm curious. Cause I wanted to like, just touch on how it's so interesting how Graham Hancock is. He's kind of like a Carl Jung on the subject. You can kind of bring him up in more public circles and people are more accepting. Like you can't like, bring them like you know some of those other individuals it, people just like shriek at you like immediately but yeah. graham hancock people kind of welcome it like carl young was able to kind of approach the aspect of alchemy but what were you going to say well i was going to say it's interesting that you talk about magic because like just like magic um if you're basically up having the opportunity to manipulate time so let's just say right now in this formula you have a very limited amount of time to understand such information and such information is scrutinized based on the lack of evidence. He as a music, not a musician, a magician has a good way to incorporate what the eye wants to see, which is what people find to be hard science. So he'll take that and kind of lower your guard from everything else. He's gonna like pile on top of that, but he welcomes people within that trickery. And, and I don't mean that trickery in like a, malicious way i just mean like that's why i think people can digest what he has to say because he'll throw in first this is what we know and this is what we discovered and this is what's been oppressed and then people are okay you have my attention and then he's able to kind of have an agenda into what you know we are basically talking about right now in regards to what was before us and mm -hmm. what was understood before us and what the ancients know already in regards to even this like cycle of time with the egyptians mm -hmm. but i feel like it doesn't go over people's head that that quickly they don't dismiss it because he has a, a i think he's got a he's obviously a very intelligent individual but he has a good way of sort of like keeping you in a place of of understanding and non-dismissal at times does that make sense right. yeah 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 so no, that's what i was sure. going to say is that he kind of to add to your point about magic i just mm -hmm. feel like he's got his own way of just being like okay let me just mm -hmm. bring this up and see how quickly you're going to dismiss it. And people are like, no, I'm still listening. He's mm -hmm. like, all right, good. Right. Whereas others, you know, you start with this and they're just like, well, that's a theory and that's mm -hmm. maybe just something you think. And it's like, you know, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's just, again, that's why this, this whole subject of time is this like yoga for your brain, because it's just stretching your consciousness to be able to touch ideas that you've never even thought about thinking about or feeling mm -hmm. about. And that's why it's such an important subject. And it's, again, it doesn't have like these principal ideas like cause and effect and the law of vibration. Like it's a little bit harder to pin down and really understand. And you really kind of have to just like speak around it and like just describe what it's like, not so much what it is, because again, what it is, it's, it's the mind of God. There's no words for that. So we can only kind of say like, what it's like and what it's not, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of comes down to the same conversation about God, God and time are very interesting in those aspects. Cause they, they share those, those similarities, um, with this. So, so yeah, magic and time have such a huge aspect, especially when you start to approach time as this formative, formative power. And 
when you get into ceremonial magic, that's all it is. It's about utilizing your time and utilizing your space. All ceremonial magic is, is just, you know, really just making you focus in on you being that aspect of the creator because you're a part of this time space continuum, you know, and you're just taking advantage of that. And you're just, again, you know, like when you are like a healer, right? For the most part, like a healer that can like heal with their hands. It's like, it's perceived that they're, they're pulling this information from the ether and they're healing with their hands, but they're actually generation the generating that healing in their hands because they're a creator. So they're creating that. So they're calling them on the creator to give them the power to partake in that kind of creation. But it's just so interesting how we really don't think about that. Like if we like, when we saw like a healer on TV and like a kid's movie or something, right? Um, we would see that scene and be like, wow, they just pulled that out of the clouds, right? But really they were like generating it themselves because it's, Really, when you start kind of approaching time from this aspect, magic from this aspect of seeing it, its connection with time and then obviously its connection with space, you um, you become much more aware of your situation and your power. Right. You know, because it is, it's such this, it's this formative aspect and this formative force that's that's kind of going through. Um and, you know, it's, again, like we, the ideas with numerology, we're going to kind of be approaching numbers and we'll probably just do whole episodes because like we've kind of done an episode on the Trinity. So we've kind of taken out three right? Um, and that plays a huge part, but we have to go through all the other numbers, like five, um, six, seven, eight, nine, right? All of those. Um, but one that I just want to bring up really quick, just to kind of give us this idea, because this is kind of like, again, like almost part two of this introduction episode, but these yoga cycles and these yoga um, periods is 6,048, right? For one yoga cycle. And then if you kind of start adding them all up, it's very interesting that the numerology, gematria and numerology of all these um, equal nine mm-hmm. and nine is the number of man. So you go 6,048, right? Which is one yuga, yuga right? right? So you would be adding the six, the four, and the eight, and that's going to get you 18. And then you're going to take the one and the eight from 18, add those together, and you get your numerology Hebrew number, which would be nine. And as you make your way up, all the way up, it's going to recognize and repeat that cycle, which really shows that in these cycles, it's that completion of nine, which is the completion of man or the completion of woman, however you kind of want to approach it, even though they're, they're really the same thing. Um, but we see this completion that kind of comes too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so we have to understand too, to almost learn to embrace the creation and completion of destruction and yeah. see the beauty that comes from, you know, the fire and the ash and understand that um you know again nothing is linear and nothing is transient so we're we're always in this aspect of evolving beyond so this age is really just kind of calling upon you to you know elevate yourself above the situation and that's what the age is calling you to do for peace you know no i agree man well said i mean the the numerology which is amazing that we'll get into is a great way to have a lens so in order to see the geometry that already surrounds us and allows this world that we know to expand and contract and expand and contract and that's all it's really doing it's 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 moving in a way that we have a base layer understanding of but yet we haven't really opened our mind to like um i know that uh Pythagoras talks about proportional thinking and Mm -hmm. like that has to do with uh, having that understanding of how this is working to, to, uh, you have something to say, go ahead. No, no, no. It just, that was perfect. Like how you just brought up the Pythagorean proportional thinking that became, that was from a different age than your, your Plato, uh, equational thinking. Right. So again, this is how the different ages manifest themselves. Even how we approach the analysts of our environment from that proportional to that equational, right? When you kind of look at those with Pythagorean theories, that's a great example of how consciousness ebbs and flows over time. So nope, please nope, continue. Nope, that was a great I mean, that's, example. It's awesome. I just try to figure out more examples like the Fibonacci sequence is something that I think a lot of people can, even if you don't know what you're looking at, you can understand like there's something there that, that, um, has captured my attention. So where does it lie within the subconscious that allows me to sort of perceive that and then have a real understanding of what I'm looking at? And I think that's something we've lost over the ages of wanting to investigate that more or just dismiss it as like, a, okay, 
I see that, I understand that, I think, and now I'm just going to move on. And it's, you know, something that we should really take deeper dives into as far as understanding this cycle that we are going to be breaking down or the cycles that we'll be breaking down rather. Um, and, and the understanding of what we are feeling, um, at all time. Like right now, I think it's, um, something that could be very relatable to anybody listening to right now is I'm sure that when you lay at night or even in the morning in the very wee hours, you may feel this doom, this feeling of like, okay, there's something going on that's beyond my capability of, of, of slowing down or stopping. And it has sort of this, I wouldn't say like a dim light to it, but it does because it's, it's, it is the age that we're in right now, but it doesn't mean that it's the, I was telling Daniel, it's not the end that doesn't follow a beginning. And I think it's the most important thing we can do is in regards to manifestation over time is to make sure that we continue doing such manifestations or having just these conversations in itself are just imperative because if this is a cycle that will end in the Kali Yuga and then the golden age will rise again, well, you want the golden age to have the vibration of whatever was conquered in the Kali Yuga. So that way you're leaving an imprint in such destruction like the phoenix that rises from the ashes. But, you know, I just think that's it's it's imperative that we, you know, let that phoenix become something bigger right. than when we know it can be. So when the ashes do fall, there is a rise that will follow. And it will no matter what. But I think it's like if you have any hope or you want to know, well, what can I do right now? Or, man, everything is just falling apart right before our eyes, whether it's the environment or just like capitalistic interests that sort of like put people in a state that they don't want to participate within the society that they're in right now. Just know that this is part of that cycle. Calm down for a minute and do the best you can in order to aid the next and the next after that and the next after that. So that when the golden age comes, like it's ready and it's ripe and it's right where it's supposed to be. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? At least that's like my understanding of like how to overcome the doom feeling inside of this age that only lasts 6,048 years. And it's, it's, it's not something we can stop, but it's something we can like, um, rise above as we have an understanding of these complexities or things that people have told us not to really pay attention to anymore. And here we are just being like, no, you should look this way. Chatting Kathy's about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's exactly it, man. And that's, that's what we're, we're kind of, we're kind of looking at in that time period because we're, um, you know, as we kind of approach the, the end of this age and we, you know, that's I guess I'm I'm trying to think of like not to go too far into Genesis, but this is like what this is what the book like the Noah, as we're talking about the Bible, there's individuals that need to at these ages need to be the Stick keepers. Around. Yeah. The keepers of this information to pass it on. And then it also gives the opportunity of you don't want to just stay and just let the individuals hijack and, you know, crash this Cal Yuga down and be destructive more than it needs to be. So exactly. you, there's still this this yes. internal aspect of free will that needs to stand up for creation and love. And what we're going to do is if we can, because that cycle, it's like a, it's like a ladder, you know? So that idea of like, if you walk under the ladder, you get seven years of bad luck. Remember we spoke about that. And that idea being, you saw an opportunity to raise up to a new level and you didn't, you avoided it. Right. So now you're going to face that problem again. So this is a very sensitive time because we are going to be, we are all going to be tested about everything that's come from these past, you know, this whole Yalakapa that's, we've just been gone through, right? All these 10 systems. And so this is kind of like the turning point of, are we going to need another 60,000 year cycle to kind of go through again? Or are we going to be approaching new stuff on that new cycle? You know, like, are we going to, on this next golden age, is it going to be kind of have to repeat? Like we have to kind of be like a do again, or is it going to be in a higher octave? Because again, these cycles are within bigger cycles and there's uh, a, you know, the blueprint always gets more perfected and more, um, the design gets more complex and complete. And that's what we're doing. So we do have this responsibility in this time. And so where you're going to find sanity is, you know, building up your character, building up that internal light, not having attachments to, you know, familiar human structures that are probably going to be in decay, 
but there's still so much love and truth that can kind of push through the situation. Cause again, that's, that's the stronger force at the end. And that's, what's going to be the light at the end of the day. So, um, in this Kali Yuga, we, we do have this responsibility to transition the correct knowledge to, you know, this is like the idea of like combating the idea of like people hooking up to machines and living, trying to live forever. Like one, it's, you're never going to do it. Like the universe is going to like cut you out at one point. Um, but the, we're at crossroads of like, what is that next golden age going to look like? And um, so there's a huge responsibility, especially at the, almost the beginning of this twilight period, that's going to be, you know, another 400 years long setting up these foundations, setting up these keepers of knowledge and knowing that it's going to get darker before it gets lighter. So we need to be working three times as hard as we think we need to be, because it's going to get harder for these, probably these next generations to kind of get this information. And we see, I mean, we see censorship for the first time in our lifetimes. Like there's all this stuff that is very um, destructive to the evolution of the consciousness of an individual. Um, so we, we just have to be aware of our environment. We have to be, you know, we have to also understand that Callie, you like Callie, she's got all those arms of destruction, but she also has like little finger finger like symbols to let you know that like, it's all a game. Yeah. It's all a game. Like this, this five sense reality, this Maya, like it's a game. This is the evolution of your consciousness. But so I'm here to destroy but I'm going to play a song and dance for the destruction because the end is the beginning and the beginning is the end. Yep. Right. And so that's what we're really kind of coming back around is like, it's a game. It all goes, it's like, it's perfect explanation is, is, um, and I can't think of who made this quote. It's a famous quote, but everything's like the game of monopoly. You go around the board, you collect all the pieces, right? But when the game's done, it all goes back in the box it goes back into the box and that's what we're kind of seeing like, Oh, it all has to go back in the box. But there, it's like this loving, you know, destructive mother hate that's behind kind of like everything going back into the box, but it, it has to go back in. Um, and that's where we kind of find ourselves. And Absolutely. so like, what do you do with that? Are you going to jump on this plane, like this hijacking of a wave and like cause more destruction, you know, cause more pain for other people? Or are you going to be, you know, the Gandalf in this time? Because, what is what was that all about? Like we talked about the Lord of the Rings on that last episode for our poor patron. Oh, the last episode. Um, well, someday we'll figure it out. We could just probably post that on the podcast, huh? We should Maybe just put as a bonus do for that next week. Yeah, I think so. Episodes. We have it. Yeah, we do have it. Um, but that was the dawn of a new age, mm-hmm. right? That that's what that whole story was about. It was the the end of history. It was the end of like prehistory, and we move into the historic period of the humans. And you could almost like equate that back to like the beginning of these cycles. Absolutely. Um, And so, yeah, again, it's these biblical times that we're a part of. It's very interesting. I know we kind of of talked about a lot of different ideas that we'll kind of hopefully expound in the future, but... I think you did pretty good. It's just such a... It's such a vast, amazing topic. It is. How do we even begin to approach it? But I think, I mean, the message that... I mean, what keeps me going with this podcast for anyone listening out there is exactly what we're talking about in regards to which which a- approach do you have and the way i see it analytically speaking is are you going to watch the forest burn and and just lay in sorrow for the burning of the forest or are you going to find a nice area that hasn't been touched by the destruction of the fire and leave your blueprint for those who will come after you to be able to follow a direction that is beneficial to the rise of a new era and the new dawn that will come Mm -hmm. from that destruction. But it's very hard because when your eyes, and I think that's like one of the greatest things that you're talking about in regards to um, the idea of destruction and this being a game is that those eyes will deceive you because yes, fire, destruction, it's all evident. You can, you can see it. I mean, it's, there it is but you also have time and that time that you have is limited. And that limited time is when you should apply less fear and hysteria and more focus and maybe find a child. You can teach how to seed um, the ground to grow new nutrients. You know what I mean? But it's really hard for you to do that to tell a kid like, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to grow this. And the kid's looking over your shoulder going like, Hey, there's like something behind you just 
burning and consuming everything. And it's going to be probably the trickiest thing to do is to keep his attention onto the the palm you might be having out with some seeds and explaining exactly how it's going to work once the fire is over mm-hmm. because that kid's attention is going to be a hundred percent on to fear for that moment. And I think that's what you're going to keep finding right now in the society that we're in. Even if long after you and I are physically gone from this world, that'll continue going on. People are like, Oh no, you don't need to learn anything. Like, don't you see the fires coming over the Hills? Like right. it's all going to be gone soon. So you might as well just like drink up Speed and eat up. Yeah. And just, you know, uh, take this and take that. And it all doesn't really matter in the end. And being a nihilist is the way to go. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> So, and that's, that's, what's being taught. And, uh, that's what we're here to probably, uh, to do in my opinion is to teach that child how to, uh, at least I'm teaching myself how to just really cultivate and, and take the seeds that I do have with me, um, for the next generation or the next age to come. And really quick before we like go off again, I, I will do a quick breakdown. So Daniel and I are talking about these ages, right? So there's four ages and these yugas. And each yuga has four different um, periods, right? So you have the golden age has four, yep. right? The silver has three, three. The, or the bronze or copper has two, and then the Kali Yuga is one. One equals 6,000 years. 6,048. 6,048, yeah. I mean. But the 10 that you're talking about is the addition of the four, three, two, one. Is that correct? So all of them, all, all of them 10 combined. units combined, yeah. And then Make that's going to be 60,480. 60, yeah. yeah. So again, I don't think you did a, I think that's just like kind of the, what we're talking about. And you can search this yourself as far as what a yuga is and what the yugas are. And this, um, this, this conversation that we're, we're having kind of, um, between our, ourselves, where we're getting this all from is, is, is open, you know, and available for you to read up on yourself. But that's what I wanted to sort of recap on. It's like when we're talking about this, these, um, ages and what they represent, um those are the four right and yep. then um so yeah so i'm thinking um i mean so next i know we're going to kind of get into genesis um a little bit further but i really see like in the bi-weekly aspect when we kind of approach this again i think it would be great to kind of go through the ages and talk about how we can experience the golden age what was experienced in the golden age that was different because you really see the evolution of life and the cycles of humanity and the cycles of the self kind of develop. So you kind of learn a lot about, again, the rites of passage of humans as, as a whole. And then you see the rites of passage as the individual. Yeah. Which right. is why there's no coincidence that we get to talk about this so freely. It's insane how, if you look at the, um, the, the small evidence that's left from the ages that have come and, and, and gone that we are find ourselves in the age of this inevitable, ending but with the beginning as having the ability to talk about this so openly and freely like just the fact that i get to hold these books in my hand and just right. be like oh these ancient mysteries have reached you and i right now amongst mm-hmm. many other people of course to just talk about openly and freely so i feel like right. let's just yeah i mean like the thing about the information we get is like at one point you read information that was literally in a scroll that probably had to be raced out of a temple because yes. they were about to get killed and like ridden off into night on some like awesome horses and there's probably an amazing love story and everybody was just like, you know, kicking Nazi commies down the stairs. Like you could probably like Indiana Jones kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, And so it's just kind of this, this really cool. And that's, that's again, what kind of pulled us to this is just the, there is this like romantic, exciting aspect that awakens in you when you start looking at ancient technologies, ancient symbolism, I mean, all this knowledge that came from the past, because it really does connect us to a time uh, that feels more pure and kind of more like childhood Mm -hmm. um, that we can kind of perceive, which is probably like what those golden ages were. Like they talk about how, you know, time wasn't in this Kali Yuga. One part of it is it's not only this destruction, but we have this idea that there's like scarcity to time. And like, you know, we're so worried about our own time running out and we spend so much time making sure we don't physically show the aspects of aging where they said in like past ages, like the probably in the golden age and silver age, like you wore your age, like honor. Um, and you aged a lot longer, like you lived longer. Oh yeah. Time wasn't as held together. Um, and again, they talk about like the Aborigines who Robert Lauer, who's a lot of the individual we're reading on did a deep study of the natives in Australia. And they still had 
this like almost mind aspect of how they may have maybe thought in like that age of the golden age of just pure connection to the land. And you were kind of like this wander, but you were just completely free, mm-hmm. completely free. And it's like a, a freedom and sovereignty that we can't even, can't even really fathom. We try to replicate it though. Cause it's like far within our DNA that I, it's just hilarious how so many people want to, um, and this is something actually Daniel and I've talked about since the beginning, something that really, uh, irks me is that you have to pay attention of what they hijack. So for instance, what I'm saying is Daniel talks about the golden age before agri- agricultural like growth, because there's an abundance of like fauna and everything else that we can actually, you know, feed ourselves with and the nutrients, the abundancy, everything is there. And we want to roam the earth like that right now, as we speak in this century that we find ourselves in, but before you can even go out the door and before you can even like commute with nature in that regard of like, well, well my past was on someone else has already hijacked it and resold it to you as like a way to do it their way. And how it has its limited, um, how it has its limited time. So like, uh, for instance, like even national parks can do that to you. It's like, yeah, you can be here, but only for seven days, I think of what it is, Mm -hmm. or six days or something like that. Or, you know, if you're going to come out to the wilderness, you must consume and buy these items just to survive out there. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Like how did me just trying to go out the door, just become like the most expensive, like, right. You know, and if I'm not wearing the right clothes, right. Like that's, then you're going to go in the jungle with Patagonia? Yeah, like yeah that's, you're, that does not, not say Patagonia it. on it. So right. you obviously cannot opt outside. Right, right. Know? No, for sure. And man, you brought up a great point because, again, we're already starting to feel the pulse, the desires, and the drives that are going to be in abundance in the golden age. Yes. Right? We're already kind of internally feeling them. And that's how this works because, again, it's like, you, it's like the percussion picking up the vibration that's mm. coming ahead, right? And that's what we're going to be kind of looking at. And that's so fascinating that there's such a pull to kind of get more to that like connected nature aspect. And it's those desires and those drives. And, you know, desires and drives, we we really, we're on the Patreon account, we really started like, we, we just did a video about how desires and drives are. But that is something we really do need to approach as an occult subject because understanding drives is such an important aspect to understanding yourself, your culture, your community, everything yeah, around you. Absolutely. Um, and those desires and the drives are the manifesting energy behind these ages and the different desires and drives. Like I, I, I had it earlier as you know, thoughts and experiences, but really what these these ages present are new desires and new drives. And I think that's such a good way to kind that's, of look at that. That's awesome, man. I love what you're just saying. That's exactly what it is. And and it's funny because I, I've talked to a couple people where, you know, say you talk to the the individual who, who just wants to use a, a macro definition of like how they're feeling and a macro definition would be like, I'm lost, right? And it's like, okay, let's take it back a second and let's just find your purpose. And even then that word makes people go, well, I don't know what my purpose is. What is the purpose? What is the point? The fire is coming over the hill. So, and it's, it's no, 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 no the drive that you feel internally, there's a drive in there that you need to meditate on. And some people, unfortunately, and my heart goes out to people like this, don't have the ability to go within and find what that drive is. But that's what all these cycles show you is that eventually when one thing um, has evolved into another, in between that shift, there was the desire or the drive to, you know, reacquaint or reconnect what's coming inevitably slowly but fast at the same time. It's another thing about the subject of time is it's kind of hard to like mm-hmm. really perceive. Because it actually like speeds up. Yeah, like right now ages. we're speeding up and that's actually a very common thing you can talk to people about right now. Like it's kind of hilarious, right? So we're in the 21st century. Let's just say that no one listens to the Know Thyself podcast and I'm hanging out with some guy from an office and the first thing that may come up as far as like a superficial conversation is obviously going to be the weather, right? Because the weather affects us. And at least we all agree on that. The weather is doing this to us. Therefore, my mood is such. But also time. Time is a subject that I don't remember really talking to many people about too. But now there's more people of all ages being like, well, like I'm the faster I'm trying to hold the sand or the, or the harder I'm trying to hold onto the sand, the faster it seems to be slipping between my fingertips. While there's a kid who's just like, you guys are doing it all wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like the sand is everywhere. You can right. pick it up and drop it all right. the time. And because of that, the kid has no perceived uh, notion of the time we're talking about being mm-hmm. gone because we're falling into these, um, you know, the, the, the these 
structures that have been created that are man-created, which is why I think people have been able to say in the past, which I don't agree with completely because it's a very general statement of time is an illusion, but it's like, well, the construct of man or the idea that man constructed about time is the illusion. Yeah, the clock's the illusion. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And therefore, it does feel like it's going faster because you're just... It's like someone being like, oh, yeah, here's a book on purpose. Read right. every page and then eventually tell me what you think you're going to find out. And by the way, you're running out of time. Right. And so right. before you know, you can't even tap into this primordial or like primitive idea of what your heart is telling you to lean into. And and I think there's there's just not enough information or encouragement to go in that direction as far as like taking your time and slowing down finding your purpose which is already ticking inside of you and then going and leaving your mark or that blueprint for the next generation to come before the kali yuga ends and the golden age begins mm-hmm. um yeah yeah no absolutely <laughs> sorry man That's no it's like good a, it's good uh you know you know and you get your yeah your soul gets a little bit of uh, street cred too being alive during a kali yuga like you're like that's like hard you know like there. people like when you go like when you're like in this like interdimensional galactic foundation, like federation, you're talking about your history and you're like, you know, I was on earth during the twilight of a Kali Yuga. People are going to be like, oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it, man. But, um, but yeah, we'll kind of just continue again. This, this formative aspect of time is going to really make itself apparent in our continual series on Genesis. Um, and then we're just going to kind of keep approaching these, these aspects of, um, time and um you know we we have to kind of get into the measurements of like why we use inches in the united states and why that change was um and the deep esoteric aspects between that um and yeah just so many cool cool kind of conversations right my friend yeah man i think there's gonna be a lot of a lot of questions you know like even just a gregorial calendar i think people are gonna be like well what were you talking about my the modern calendar but we'll explain why and then we'll explain uh the Hindu calendar and go from there. There's just so much to it to right. have a complete understanding of like what our definition of time is. Every time we use that word mm-hmm. time, <laughs> time. Um, but yeah, so we'll kind of keep, uh, keep continuing. And then just a shout out for the patron individuals. We do have a program on um, the houses of the Zodiac and the science of the Zodiacs so that yes, just got started. So the first one got put up a couple of days ago. So we're going to kind of keep adding to that. And then we got some other fun resources that we're trying to connect you guys all with. And then hopefully pretty soon we'll just have like a giant pool party. We'll take over like a Hampton Inn. I think that's a great idea. So uh, there, there, there is talk about this and this is not just uh, for nothing is in the next most likely two years, and this is my trajectory, we definitely are going to do a tour. And I think that the cities we want to hit up will definitely start becoming more and more evident as to where we want to go and how we want to do it. But we would love to get some feedback on this and obviously let the community grow more so we can meet you in person and maybe even just, even if it's at a tiny bookstore in Dublin, let me buy you a beer. Let me buy you a Guinness and let's, let's cheers to, to us and, and, and keep, you know, encouraging others um, who feel lost in, in this time period that we find ourselves in. And so, yeah, I think the tour, the tour, uh, of know thyself. It, yeah, yeah, it will be sweet. I mean, even if we just like found like this, like little days in, in some little town in like New Mexico where we could have a conference in and just be like, we need rooms for like 30 bucks. And the person's like, if you stay here, I'll give you 30 bucks. I'm like, perfect. Nice. And then we'll just like, yeah, we'll just own the whole place. Yeah, I think it's not, we're not that far off. We'll from never leave. We'll no. set up shop. <laughs> I know. We'll just take over there. Just yes. Um, but yeah, thank you so much to everybody. We were able to say such silly things like this and, and, and keep manifesting and keep creating and keep expanding on whatever we really want to talk about because of you and because of your encouragement. And I do my best. And so does Daniel to get back to every single patron member that gives us a shout out or ask us a question on Instagram. Um, and, uh, yeah, you guys are so patient. I really, really appreciate reading every single comment that says, Hey, I know you guys are busy or you're apologizing way too much. And, you know, it's just in our nature for Daniel and I to not want to take any of this credit. We're just here together expressing ourselves on a recording device that then we can share with you. Right. Yep. And all anybody who supports us, like, you know, apart from the patrons, anybody on Instagram, anybody on Facebook, all of our 
y'all family and we yeah. all love you new and and old or in future OG. Yeah. when you hear this you're in the future that's yeah. right that's right um man that was intense that was a good one yeah <laughs> i'm a little sweaty right now it's well it is like 117 degrees outside. it is very so hot we we did that but we gotta love the sun um blessing us with um long long kisses right now <laughs> <laughs> cool man uh anything else no no i don't think so you're good man. cool all right so we'll uh we'll continue on with genesis next week on episode six <laughs> that was great i can't remember yeah well we have that intro episode but anyways it's probably time for me to sign off um until next time until next time excellent